I asked, a, uh, asked a question yesterday by uh, a PT. She said, um, the patient's dropping off. You know, how do, I, how do I get them back on? I said, you remind them of the consequences of dropping off. And her immediate response was, well, won't I be accused of? And she stopped. Her immediate response was, won't I be accused of? I went, go on, say it. W won't I be accused of scaremongering and fear and you know, all of this type of thing? I went, who told you that? This is the Paul Goff audio experience. Whether you call yourself a PT, a physical therapist, or a physiotherapist, and wherever you are listening to this right now, this is for you. It is me revealing everything I can to help make you a more successful business owner. Thanks for listening. It means the absolute world to me. Hey podcast listeners, it's Amy here in the UK office bringing you today's episode of the Paul Goff audio experience. Today's segment is from a staff training session Paul held in Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey, whilst on his Five Cities in Five Days book signing tour. Paul covers how to get over the fear of hearing no from patients, how to overcome the need for approval, and why needing approval holds you back from serving patients and living the life you want. And P.S. If you'd like to double your front desk and treatment room conversions in just 48 hours, come and join Paul at his annual sales and conversions bootcamp that's happening this December on the 7th and 8th in sunny Celebration, Florida. For more information, reach out to paul at paulgoff.com and we can reserve your seat. Details are also over in today's show notes. All right, enjoy listening to the show. In the book, I alluded to it. We spend more time, as much as we all want to think that everything that we're doing is for somebody else, really every single one of us spends more time thinking about ourselves and how these situations impact us than anybody else. You don't want to pick up the phone to somebody who said no to you because you're worried that they'll accuse you of being salesy. Yes or no? You're worried about how you feel. You're worried about how you feel in that situation. You don't dare challenge an objection for time and money just in case the person says something to you, about you, thinks about you. It's ultimately coming from how I feel at that point. What the patient thinks of you is ultimately what is driving most of the decisions as to whether or not we think they're judging us, whether or not we think we're being labeled as salesy. And I put it to you and I put it to every single therapist on the planet, one of the biggest mistakes we're making is we're focusing on being liked, not respected. Know what that means? Just come back whenever you want. You just let us know whenever you want to call back. Let's just have a couple of sessions and see how it goes. We can do whatever you want, however you, you tell us. You want to rebook that appointment now or call back later? Did they ever call back? Liked or respected, is a, is a, it's a big thing for you to factor in. That if you critically look at many of the things that we say and do, we lead and are more in favor of wanting to be liked than actually be respected. Because if I want to be respected, I don't really give a shit whether you like me. And, and I'll say this in this talk today, I, it's nothing to do with me whether you like this or you don't. I couldn't give a flying F-U-C-K and I'd look every single one of you in the eye as I say it. It is nothing. It doesn't do anything to me tonight. I'm going to go and have a beer and enjoy it. I'm going to ring my kids and they're going to love me anyway. And if you happen to like it, good for you. If you don't, good for you. 
ain't going to change my life. Now what I want, I want it to be liked by you and I want it to make an impact on you for your sake, not for mine. You following? Because for many of us, you're waiting for a yes or a no and you're getting high when you get yeses and you're getting low when you get noes and that's affecting you and it's more about how it affects you than it is anybody else or it is the patient. What we want for the patients is to say yes because it's going to change their life, not yours. Nothing to do with you. These patients say yes to you, good for you. If they say no, good for you. Don't make any difference as to who you are or what you're about. And for most of us, I would have said we've forgotten that, but I don't think many of us have actually ever been taught it, ever been made aware of it. That we, in the first few years of our life, spend so much time chasing attention and chasing um, being liked and chasing acceptance. And the minute that we don't get it, it's pretty painful. So we spend the rest of our life trying to hide from it. And many people in, in healthcare and in any business setting, in any walk of life, what we mistakenly do is associate or attach patients saying yes to us or no to us with our self-worth. Following? That you feel better about yourself. If you're on, a phone, if you're on the phone and you can get a patient to say yes and they go on and buy a, a, a plan of 10 sessions, whatever, it's great, you feel wonderful. It's like we've got patients to say yes and you're up here. And then the phone rings and somebody else calls and it's like, no, no, I'm gonna go somewhere else. You're like, fuck. Like, so you've gone from up here to, to down there. And this pleasure never ever lasts more than like a second, does it? It's like, it, it never ever lasts. How good you feel when patients say yes. But how long does it last when they say no? It's like fucking days if you're not careful. And it's because you're allowing it. You're allowing it to, to be more about you. Now, don't take that the wrong way. I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help you separate yourself. Don't matter whether these patients say yes or no to you. Because I can sit here and talk all day long about what do we say in scripts and you know, even the preeminence thing, it all sounds amazing and it sounds wonderful and great, we're onto something. But if we haven't got the ability to separate the yeses and the noes, then we haven't got the ability to stop worrying about if people are judging us for offering them something that they actually need, then all of this is a complete waste of time. Because a lot of you are going to have to do that when it comes to money and talking about money and the possible rejection of a patient who, uh, you know, in your words, you don't want to bother them and so on. And yet there are countless examples of patients who you think you're just bothering them and they haven't answered the phone for seven, uh, you know, for, for seven rings. And you're adamant that this patient, this patient's avoiding you and this patient thinks that you're pestering them and this patient thinks that you're ruining their life, and they've just been on fucking holiday for two weeks. But you've took all of that rejection, you've took all of that self-labeling and self-judgment without knowing any facts as to about what patients are actually thinking. Now for every patient that may or may not think that you are bothering them, I'll show you two or three who go, thanks for hanging in. I've been meaning to get back to you, I've just been busy for the last three months. I'm so glad you called it's just as equally likely that to happen as anything else. The fear of self-doubt or the fear of being judged and the fear of, of being labelled is something that we all have to get over in life. And um, when you're bringing that to work, it, it can certainly hinder the progress that you can make as a person, as a staff, 
person, it can hinder the progress of a business, and it can most importantly hinder the progress of a, of a patient, who for any number of reasons might tell you that, that you know, one excuse is whatever it is, um, that really had nothing to do with that because we just didn't do something that made them feel a certain way that they would want to buy from us. So that would be something I would encourage you to think about, that uh, your, your performance in here, whether you can convert somebody, whether you can get somebody to pay your fees, doesn't really make that much difference to you. And it shouldn't be any reflection to who you are. And if you're allowing that to make you feel that way, it's your fault. And it's something that you can snap out of very, very quickly. Um, or it's something that you can live with for the next 20, 30 years of your life and lie to me and everybody around you by saying, oh, I don't like selling and selling's wrong and I don't like putting people under pressure. And really what we're saying is, I don't like the feeling that comes with actually being rejected when I'm in these situations. Correct. You have the personal connection, Correct. you're not selling. You're not Correct. Selling. And another thing I want to say yeah. is it has to be sincere. If it's not sincere, people see that. Yep. If it's fake or you're yep. pouring it on because we read your book or whatever, yep. it has to be real. So when it's real, people sense that. I don't know many people in healthcare that aren't sincere and aren't real, but I know a shitload of people in healthcare who are modified versions of who they could be because of the fear of being labeled by somebody. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And right away, the one I just hi, I need physical therapy. How much is your How much is your physical? And right away, I'll just say, well, let's back up a little bit. Tell me yep. what's going on. What happened? What brings you in? Why do you want? You know, did you injure yourself? And ninety-nine percent of the time, hundred percent of the time, everybody wants to talk about their injury. Everyone wants to talk about how they got mm -hmm. Some people go a little too far back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it all began when I was twelve years old. Yeah. Anyway, they'll, they'll, you let them. They'll keep talking and talking and. And you're not even you're not selling yep. anyone. You say, "Wow, she really listens to me." Yeah. She must really this place must really care. Let me try it. And then even at that point, when I have difficult patients, I'll say, "Listen, we could talk for half an hour. Why don't you? You know, these are words, but the proof is coming yeah, yeah. seen for yourself." And I won't even discuss this. For difficult ones. Yeah, yeah. So many times, and, and it's exactly what I'm I'm trying to get across. I would go so far as to even say some people have a problem with not answering the question. So if a patient asks you, what's the price? A majority of people that I have worked with, their front desk team would even have a problem with not answering that question straight away because they worry what the patient is thinking about them. You, you've got the confidence to do it, but I assure you 100% that one of the problems on the front desk in that first phone call is that the person answering it doesn't even get to the point of the empathy, doesn't even get to the point of let's back up before I ask you the questions. What they're doing is feeling as though they are being judged by somebody if they don't give them the price right off the bat. And the majority of people answering the phone can't even get past that. Well, no, I know that, but can everybody see what I'm trying to separate from? I 100% I agree with what you're saying. And what I'm trying to say is, most people can't get to what you're doing because they are so fearful they are so fearful and put under so much pressure by a patient when they're, I just want to know what the price is and I just want to know how this works. The initial reaction and rejection of anybody I try to teach that to is, oh, 
but won't the patient accuse me of this and won't the patient accuse me of being a fraud and won't the patient accuse me of just trying to hide something from them they have immediate immediate feeling of being of being judged so they don't even get to the let's back up let's back up let's back up you've obviously got it in abundance where you can go oh, hang on hang on let's slow this down my point is that most people haven't because they're so frightened of what that person is thinking about. They're so frightened of being accused of something. They're so frightened. The PTs, they'll be no different. I asked a, I asked a question yesterday by uh, a PT. She said, um, the patient's dropping off. You know, how do, I, how do I get them back on? I said, you remind them of the consequences of dropping off. And her immediate response was, well, won't I be accused of? And she stopped. Her immediate response was, won't I be accused of? I went, go on, say it. Won't I be accused of scaremongering and fear and you know all of this type of thing? I went, who told you that? Well, that's just, that's just the way that it is. I said, is it? Let's talk about you going to a dental, going to see a dental, you know, the, the, the dentist. You go in, doctor says, uh, you've got a problem with your tooth. Um, you need to get an implant in it at some point or I can keep drilling it. And the dentist continues to drill it and inject it because he doesn't really want to have a conversation about the two or three thousand dollar implant that you really need right and you're going yeah okay uh, just keep drilling it and then the next time I come back in six months because the pain's back he says look do you want to talk about this implant or do you just want me to keep drilling it no, I'll just keep drilling it I don't I don't want to pay the money and at this point I'm not I'm not interested in it just just keep drilling it and take the take the decay away Six months later, I go back and he says, Paul, the good, um, the, the good news is I can get rid of the decay again. The bad news is you've lost the tooth in front and the tooth behind. The decay is set into your gum so severely that I'm gonna have to pull all three of your teeth out. I know you're only 38 and you're gonna have to spend the rest of your life without those three te uh, teeth. I'm sorry about that. And at which point I say, is this because I didn't pull the first tooth out when you said I should? And he says, yeah, look, it's pretty much caused because I didn't pull the tooth out. And at which point I'm going to go, you fucking asshole. Why didn't you fucking tell me? And now it's $12,000. You complete and utter asshole. Why did you not tell me of the consequences of pulling that tooth out? Because not only have you now cost me significantly more money, you've cost me three fucking teeth and I'm 38. <laughs> Who do you want to be? The dentist who didn't dare and say, these are the fucking consequences, Paul. I don't give a shit whether you like me or you don't. If you don't pull this tooth out and put a proper one in, you're losing all three. You can accuse me of scaremongering. You can accuse me of all this other shit, and I'm not even remotely interested in it because I'd rather you be respectful of me, not like me. Choose wisely what you want to do. That's how we're living, man. That's what's going on inside of clinics. We can dress up as what we want. But we're so fucking worried about what everybody's thinking, we're never even going to get to it. I told the story yesterday about my mother. Two hip replacements in her 50s. She wouldn't go and get them done. Vanity. Sat there for two years limping. Everybody who asked, well, when are you getting your hips done? No, oh, I don't need them doing. I'm like, you fucking do. Like, you do. There's absolutely no cartilage left on it, and I can see you and you're taking more pills than whatever. I'm like, get them done. Oh no, I don't want to get them done. After two years, eventually she comes in the house, she could barely walk. I said, if you don't get them done, you're going to end up with a back problem. So I'm telling you now, you will end up with a back problem. At best, it'll be a, a, an ache. At worst, it'll be disc problems and you'll be in more pain than you could ever imagine. Gets the hips done. 
What happened six weeks later? Prolapse. The worst case of sciatica I've ever seen in my life. Bad enough that me and my sister had to lift physically my mother in her 50s on and off the toilet while she waited for surgery. After the surgery, one of the things, one of the things, and I, and I didn't use the words, I told you so, but I was very tempted. One of the things that I was very proud of at this point, not that it meant anything, was the fact that I told her what the fucking consequences would be. And instead of pandering to her, and instead of kissing her ass, and instead of going, oh, mom, just do what you want, and instead of, oh, mother, you, yeah, whatever, you know, I'll respect you, you're my mom. I told you the facts. I told you what would happen. I could look you in the eye when I went to visit you after your spinal surgery without any doubt that I at least fucking warned you what the problem would be. And that's the way I've tried to live my life with patients, with clients, with anybody that I've ever worked with. I'm going to give you the facts, the whole facts, the absolute facts, because I know better. That's what you pay me for. You don't pay me to massage your leg. You don't pay me to put you on a bike. You pay me to remind you of the facts, the consequences of inaction. And if this bullshit world wants to accuse me of that, good. The longer that goes on, the better I will be. The stronger my business will be, the stronger all of my businesses will be, because people will gravitate to me. Because they are desperate for somebody to tell them the fucking truth now more than ever. They're desperate to be told that if you walk out of here, this is the consequence. I ain't scaring you and I ain't doing anything other than telling you the facts. That if I let you leave here with an ankle that does not move fully, you will, and it's a matter of time, before you start waking up on a morning with an Achilles problem, a calf problem, the chances that the other ankle will actually sprain equally as bad, if not worse. That's the facts. I'm not scaring you. I'm doing my fucking job by telling you what is required. You may choose to think that I'm selling you on something, but I don't really give a shit because that's the right thing to do. And I honestly believe, unless you can start to get to that point, you'll always have situations where patients are walking out the door. You'll always have situations where you're frightened of what you're saying. You'll always have a situation where you care what the person thinks about you because you want to be liked more than respected. The exact same thing goes on in relationships. It goes on in businesses. When a new employee arrives, do you mind doing your notes? Would it be okay if you catch up on your notes? Would it be okay if you stay back and see a patient? Would it be okay if you work the weekend? Fast forward three months, you are staying back. Get your notes done. The language that we use changes when it suits us. When I want to be liked, when my new employee walks through the door, it's very, come on in. No problem that you were late. In three months, it's what the fuck? The fuck? You're two minutes late. Well, why wouldn't I be? Because 85 days ago, you accepted it. Why would I start doing me notes? Because 85 days ago, you didn't appear to be pissed with it. Now you are. What's going on, Jerry? You've changed. I'm not saying it's Jerry's doing this. I'm giving you examples of what we do in an attempt to be liked. Let's go back to your relationships. 
the way that me and Natalie speak these days is very, very different to the way that we spoke 13 years ago. Would you like to go out for dinner? What would you like? You choose. <laughs> Where would you want to go, love? Anywhere you want. I'm happy as long as you're happy. These days, get the food ordered or put the fucking pizza in or... What do you want to do? Well, I want to eat this. Well, I want to eat this. What's, right, I'm not going. You go. I got it last time. You get it this time. You choose whatever you want to watch. Anything you want to watch, Natalie, you get the DVD. I'm happy to sit through Frozen or any shit that you want to watch. <laughs> Dirty Dancing, yep. Watched it with my last girlfriend, but I'll watch it again as well for you. These days... I'm in a different room. <laughs> God bless multi-room is all I can say. But I'm very, very different because realistically in the beginning I wanted to be liked. And I think that's one of the problems that we've got. As practitioners, we spend a lot more time. We don't know we're doing it. We don't know we're doing it, but we're focusing more on being liked. And we'll never get to the conversations that we have to have. If you went to see a real top-class heart surgeon, does he give a shit if you like him? Does she care? Is there any niceties? Zero. What do you do? Respect him. She respects you. Big, 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 big difference. My point is just because they're heart surgeons or whatever, it's a choice. It's the choice that they're making from the get-go. So as well as all of the tactical stuff about marketing and positioning and preeminence, and as well as your phone calls being specialized and custom tailoring exactly what the patient wants and, and doing exactly what was mentioned here, slow down. I will answer that question for you. And you're right, we don't need to sell. That's the whole point of my book. The entire 200 words, pages of that book basically says, if you want to sell, all you have to do is give a shit about somebody. That's it. Take the fucking time to get to know them. Work out what they actually want. Don't sell yourself. Figure out what they want and offer them it. It's really, really simple. But the point is most people will never get to it because most of us, are, or many of us, in fact, nearly all of us are so consumed with how we think they're judging us, how we think we're being judged focusing on being liked more than being respected and if you can't get past that final hurdle you're never going to cut it when you're speaking to patients about money or being out of network or taking 250 dollars off them and so on and so forth so you have to have all of those things but when you get it it's liberating and it's back to why i started this talk with it's about you as people when you get the confidence to do that and stop worrying about what people are thinking about you because most of them are thinking about themselves anyway it's liberating. You live with more energy, you live with more confidence, you live with more clarity. Stunning things start to happen to you when you stop worrying about what people are actually thinking of you and start focusing on more about the impact that you're going to make, focusing more upon being respected. Much like the situation with my mom. She didn't like it when I said it. And you'd have all said the same thing to your mother. But would you have dared say it to a patient? Why not? Would we dare tell patients the consequences of inaction when they're about to drop off a plan of care? 
If we can't, you've got to examine why. Because usually it comes from within. So I think there's three things for you to kick off with. Happy to take any questions you've got. We'll talk about these things. We've got plenty of time, but I'd love to get a bit more. I've started high. I'll bring back some of the things that I spoke about in your questions, but if we can get something specific, I think we can make this a really good couple of hours. Thank you for listening to Paul Goff's audio experience. If you're brand new to Paul's world, head on over to paulsmarketingbook.com where you can get started with his number one best-selling marketing book for physical therapists. Or if you've been listening to the show for a while, you like what you hear and you think that you could benefit from this type of help to accelerate the growth and profitability of your practice, reach out to Paul's team at paul at paulgoff.com and tell us exactly what you're looking for. And by the way, if you know someone who would benefit from today's show, please share it with them. And if you've got any questions that you want answered, tweet Paul at the Paul Goff using the hashtag AskPG. You can also find all of these details over in today's show notes. All right, until next time, have a wonderful day.